Today's episode of The Overwhelmed Brain is brought to you by Kaya Biotics. If you want a healthy gut, take the probiotic that's been certified organic and free of additives, fillers, or binders. Visit kayabiotics.com, that's K-A-Y-A, biotics.com, and enter the promo code BRAIN during checkout to get $15 off your first order. Are you annoyed by affirmations? Are you tired of that same old, rehashed, personal growth advice that all seems to boil down to, think positively and all your problems will go away? If affirmations feel like lies and positive thinking feels like denial, then I want you to get ready. The Overwhelmed Brain is here to help you create the life you want now. Hello, welcome to The Overwhelmed Brain. My name is Paul Coliani. I'm laughing because this is a (laughs) re-recording. I had to do this over again. I'm a personal empowerment coach, and this is the show where I help you tackle life's toughest challenges. I want to help you increase your emotional intelligence, strengthen your self-worth and self-esteem, and empower you so that you can make decisions that are right for you. Everything I talk about on the show is my personal opinion and is meant for informational and educational purposes only. Always consult a medical or psychological professional before making any changes that could affect your physical or mental health. You know, I, I laughed because um, I recorded this intro once already and I just came out with the wrong words. I just said, hi, this is Paul Coliani. And I thought, oh, okay, that's the wrong order. What am I saying? What am I doing? And I just got discombobulated. But that's what happens when you're doing these recordings. Sometimes you get discombobulated. Sometimes that's what life does to you. Like this morning, waking up with ragweed allergies. (laughs) Supposedly, I'm not sure what it is. But anyway, welcome to the show. One of the first things I want to talk about has to do with an email that I received. It's a really quick one from someone I'm going to call Joe. Joe says, hey, I'm not sure if it's okay to send personal questions, but here it goes. Yes, Joe, it's okay to send personal questions. I just may not get to them for months. (laughs) I get a lot of them, but uh, I definitely read them all. So absolutely. Uh, He says, I just found your podcast today and I'm listening since I woke up for a few hours. It's an amazing source of knowledge. I love your approach. And I did try a different podcast before, but it finally feels like I found the one. So thank you. Thank you, Joe. I'm glad this works for you. And there are many great podcasts out there. And uh, I highly recommend you get a taste of each one because each of them are going to give you different angles, different perceptions and different gold nuggets. So thank you again. Uh, he said, I jumped into an episode that's relevant to an issue of, on my mind uh, called Rekindling with Toxic Family. Uh, that was um, last year. I admit that I'm still halfway through it, but I had to ask. You talk about showing up and being who I am, saying, I want to keep this relationship going if you can accept who I am now. I love that advice, but what if I don't really want that relationship? What if I see no benefit in it, but shutting it down would hurt the other side badly, my parents? Should I not be selfish and at least tell them the issues I have with them? Even that I drop the responsibility for fixing things as I don't see the need to invest in this anymore? Or do I have to choose if I choose to be considerate to really be and act as such and then join them on this journey? Or do I choose to be selfish 100%? I am very happy with my life now and it feels like the relationship with them is always pulling me back to dark places. For me, it's most easy to simply have almost no contact. For them, it's very hard. Thank you. I hope to hear more about this issue in future episodes. All right, Joe, this is that future episode where you're hearing about this issue. And it's a great question because most people listening, when people tune into a show like this, most people that tune into a show like this have empathy and sympathy and they care if the person they're with is going to be hurt by their actions. However, here's what your question's about. It is about being selfish versus staying in a situation uh, for someone else's benefit. Let me just address what you said first, which is, I want to keep this relationship uh, if you can accept me for who I am. So here's the thing. I don't look at this as selfish versus anything else. Because... There's one thing that I like to convey that's so important in any dynamic, in any relationship, in any 
family or romantic or friendship that has to be at the forefront of the relationship. And that is, in order for the relationship to be healthy, to be not toxic, the other person has to be supportive of your path. I mean, they don't have to be, but at least not put you down for your path. They may not support your path, but at least not put you down for your path so that you understand that they actually care about you and their caring is not based on what they would rather have you do than what they want you to do for you. And what this means is that you want people that honor you honoring yourself. You want people like that in your life. So in order for you to meet your own needs, I don't look at that as selfish. I look at that as honoring myself. Selfish behavior could be defined as there's five cookies left in the employee kitchen and there's five people that work in the office and you go in and take two cookies. <laughs> and that means somebody gets no cookie. And uh, when that happens, I look at that as selfish behavior. You want something for yourself in a way that harms someone else. And in this case with the cookies, it may not be harmful in the way harmful is used normally, but it can affect someone else. They walk in the room and they go, oh, we're, there's no more cookies left. And so that type of selfish behavior, when you know you did something that would take away from someone else, just to satisfy your own desires when you have already satisfied a desire, you take more than your fair share. I think that's another way to look at selfishness. I'm taking more than my fair share. And regarding your question, Joe, when it comes to your parents and how they are toxic in your life, are you taking something away from them? Let's just say that, okay, if I take myself out of their life and I'm doing so to be away from their toxic behavior, do I consider that selfishness? So ask yourself that question. I don't consider you selfish for doing that. I consider you protecting yourself. I consider that honoring yourself. And when you honor yourself in this way, it's not selfish. It is self-sustaining. It is self-preserving. When you preserve yourself, when you protect yourself, when you put yourself in a situation that keeps you out of harm's way, that's not selfish. So I see selfish as purposefully with intent taking something away from somebody else, but not having to do with your own protection, your own survival, you know, even though that's a strong term, but keeping you out of harm's way. When you do things to keep yourself out of harm's way, it's not selfish. It's self-sustaining. So that's my opinion on that. And I want you to be okay with the idea that if you need to take yourself out of a toxic situation like that with your parents, then don't look at it as selfish. Your parents may look at it as selfish. How could you do this to us? Why would you disappear off the radar when we brought you into the world, when we raised you, when we gave you everything you needed when you were a child or whatever? They're going to call it selfish. So that's part one of my answer is that it's not selfish. It's self-sustaining. Now, it can become selfish if you intentionally want to cause harm to them or cause them to feel bad. It can be a little selfish in that way. There's a gray area here because if they've been making you feel really awful about yourself for years and years and years, you might feel a little bit of vindication by wanting them to feel bad and showing them accountability. Like, if you make me feel bad, I'll make you feel bad. It's a gray area. But what it really comes down to is if they weren't making you feel bad, would you have any inclination or intention to want them to feel bad? If the answer is yes, then maybe it is moving into selfishness. If the answer is no, if they never made me feel bad, I would want to be around them more and I would definitely not want them to feel bad. I have a feeling that's where you are, is that you don't want them to feel bad, but you have no choice because you keep feeling bad around them. And you said um, shutting this relationship down would hurt them badly. Absolutely, probably will, but it doesn't give them permission to hurt you to keep it open. So if you are feeling hurt, then you need to be more self-sustaining. You need to go in that direction. Now, you did ask an important question. Should I not be selfish, and let's take out that word, should I not be self-sustaining 
and at least tell them the issues that I have with them. Do I still need to invest? So I believe before you cut off anything, this is part two of my answer, and it's an important part of my reply here, because what happens when you are ready to break off any relationship, I think it's vital, and I think I just said this on the Facebook group, I think it's vital that you absolutely share with the person that you're going to break it off with, in this case your parents, what you need for the relationship to prosper, to thrive. What do you need? What do you find acceptable and not acceptable? What behaviors do they do that cause you to feel bad? What behaviors do they do that you find toxic? I believe it's very important to talk about this and bring this subject up so that they have an opportunity to make the choice to do that behavior or not. If you empower them with the choice to continue doing behavior or not, behavior that hurts you, that harms you, that is toxic to you, that is toxic to the relationship in general, if you give them that choice, it is empowering to them. They may not make the choice that you want, but at least you gave them the option to make that choice. So if your mom and dad are putting you down all the time and you say, look, you put me down all the time and it hurts me. I don't like it. I'm an adult now. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to fail at things that you think I should have done differently. And you have to learn to accept that. Can you do this for me? Can you not put me down? Can you at least not say anything about stuff that bothers you about me so that I don't feel belittled by you so that I don't feel like I have to defend myself every time I talk to you. You know, you might have to have that conversation. I think it's a beautiful time to have that kind of conversation before you shut down completely because otherwise you're sort of stonewalling them. Stonewalling is sort of like talk to the hand. Like, I'm just going to shut you down completely. I'm not going to explain why. I'm just going to leave. Now, you may have been trying to explain why for years, but I think it's vital that you be very clear in your explanation and then provide the accountability for when they don't follow through with what maybe they'll agree to. Maybe they won't agree to it. But if you say, look, I don't want you to put me down anymore, using this example, and then next time they put you down, you bring it up saying, look, I told you not to put me down anymore, so I'm not going to call you for a month. There's accountability. And they may say, well, I'm not putting you down. I'm telling you for your own good so that you're, uh, you lead a good life, so that you make good decisions. And you may have to say, look, I don't want you to run my life. I want you to stay out of my life. You may have to get that clear. I don't want you saying anything that helps me with my life until I ask you. I don't want you to give me suggestions on how to live my life. I'm an adult now. I can make these decisions. And yes, I'm going to make the wrong decisions. I'm going to make decisions that won't satisfy you. I'm going to make decisions that will even disappoint you. But at least I get to do so from this place of learning how to live my life on my terms and understand what happens when I make the wrong decisions. I'll never understand what happens in life if I never get a chance to make the wrong decisions because you're always trying to run my life for me. I'm really pushing this scenario to the limit. <laughs> but that's my example I'm going to use. Uh, I don't know how they're treating you. I don't know what they're doing. Often when parents are toxic, there's some sort of behavior that they do that is very hard for them to change. You know, it's not all the time, but some parents are like this. That it's very hard for them to change because they believe they know best and they believe they know exactly what you need to do with your life so that you don't end up either where they were or maybe they were never there and they just never want you to get to a bad place or maybe some other reason. Maybe they're being selfish. Who knows? I don't, I don't know all the facts, but I will say this. If your question is valid, you know, should I at least tell them the issues I have with them? Absolutely. Because this will lead to one of several outcomes. The first outcome could be, wow, I didn't realize you were that affected by it. They could say that. I didn't realize you were that affected by it. I didn't realize I was causing you to feel so bad. And you could say, yes, it does. Every time you do this or every time you say this, it causes me to feel bad. 
And you can actually use that as a springboard into a question such as, do you want me to be happy? And when they say, of course we want you to be happy. This is why we're doing this. This is why we're saying this. And then you might respond with something like, well, if you know this makes me unhappy, why do you keep doing it? And some people will have a great excuse. They'll say, but I know this is going to lead to your unhappiness. I've been through this and you shouldn't have to go through the same thing I went through. And I still bring it back to, yes, but knowing what you're doing is making me unhappy. Why do you keep doing it? Even now, you won't let me make my own mistakes. And that makes me unhappy. I mean, you might have to push it to that limit. You might have to tell them in such a way where they finally get that their behavior makes you unhappy. And you might have to push it even further and say, are you purposely trying to make me unhappy? (laughs) Hopefully it doesn't go that far. But with people that you're going to shut out of your life, maybe you have to push it to that limit so they finally get the message. So there's one outcome of being upfront, being honest, expressing what you really need to express before you shut down. Another outcome is you find out who they're going to be from this point on because now you're really pushing them up against the wall so that you can get a definitive answer, a definitive comment on what's happening in the relationship. Because if they say, well, I'll never be able to do that. This is the way I am and I'll never change. Then you'll know who they'll be from that point on. If they say they'll never change, then you come to an acceptance of that and you realize, okay, I can either accept that that's who they are and I can continue this relationship the way it is or I can get out of this relationship. You can say, okay, if you'll never change, that means that even though you know your behavior makes me unhappy, that you will choose not to change that. So I don't want to be around you if you know you're making me unhappy and you refuse to change. I mean, this is, these are my words. I'm not saying you have to use these words, but this is, this is what I would say. <laughs> this is where I would go if my mom or a family member or even my girlfriend says, I know it hurts your feelings, but I don't care. Or I'm just going to keep doing it because that's who I am and that's who I'm going to be for the rest of my life. I'd be like, whoa, I need to really reassess this and say, well, if that's how you feel, if you don't care about hurting me, if you really don't care, then I need to step away from this. This is this is toxic to me. Again, you might change the wording and how you respond to that. But I like to look at how do I honor myself? If I'm honoring myself, do I put myself in situations that are intentionally harmful or even unintentionally harmful? Some people have the best intentions and continue to harm. It's like um, the letters I get from people who are with abusive partners, uh, yet their abusive partner has gone through so much and they have such a bad history and bad upbringing and they were abused themselves and it's all valid and it's all relevant. I'm not putting them down for that. But don't use your compassion for someone else as an excuse for them to mistreat you because you don't deserve mistreatment. They're a fully conscientious, conscious, sentient being that can make their choice today to abuse you, to harm you, to hurt you, especially when they know their behavior is hurtful. When they know it, they have a choice whether to do it or not. They may have trouble controlling their behavior or what they say, but that's what therapy is for. That's what talking this stuff out with someone or professional is for so that they can work on themselves so they're not harmful to others or harmful to themselves even because their behavior could push you out of the relationship, which causes them to feel bad. So they're really doing it to themselves. And I want you to get that in your mind too, Joe, is that your parents are doing this to themselves after you've laid out all the facts. So you give them that. You say, okay, I'm going to lay out all the facts here. I'm going to tell you what you're doing that makes me feel hurt, that makes me feel bad. If you continue doing that, then I can't be around you. I'm shutting you out. So they now have the choice to continue doing that or not. And they can come up with any excuse in the book. Yeah, I'm doing it for your own good. I want to make sure that you're happy. I want to make sure you don't, don't make the same mistakes that we made. You know, they could come up with a thousand different excuses. But really what it comes down to is, Joe, you saying your behavior harms me in some way. 
And before I shut this down completely, before I disappear out of your life, I'm giving you the option. I'm giving you the opportunity to work with me here and see if we can come up with a different way to relate to each other, a different way to communicate, a different way to love each other that doesn't involve hurting each other. So being expressive and being truthful with someone before you shut down all communication, it empowers them with the option to do something differently or to work with you or at least talk with you at a level where they realize that, hey, if we don't get this fixed, we're going to lose our connection here. And I know you said you didn't want to keep the relationship, but let's just say that there's a part of you that does want to keep the relationship. Let's just say that if they stopped bad behavior or the way they talked to you or the way they harmed you, if they stopped doing that, the relationship could be salvageable. Then by expressing this gives them the choice to salvage it. This gives them the choice to make different decisions. And that doesn't mean it takes you out of the picture completely because if there are ways that you can work with them to help them understand their behavior and also you work with yourself to make sure that you aren't also doing behavior that might be harmful in some way or even enabling. You have to be careful with this too. You could be doing behavior that enables their bad behavior. And what I mean by that is let's just say that your mom said, you could find someone so much better than that person. You should break up with that person. Let's just say she's meddling with your private life and you're offended by it and you really like or love the person that you're with. You could choose to ignore the comment and think, well, that's just my mom and I just have to ignore it, which is enabling because you're allowing it to happen, even though you don't want it to happen. But you enable her behavior. You let her know that it's acceptable because there's no accountability for what she just said. You enable that and it allows it to continue, which is on you. I mean, she's still doing behavior that you don't like. It could be, it could be very harmful. Uh, but it's still on you that the enabling is, is happening. It, you know, For a number of reasons, you, could be, you, you may not want to deal with it. Or you know that when you deal with it, it always leads to the same result. This is why accountability is so vital. Because if my mom said that to me, if, she, if my mom said, hey, look, you need to break up with your girlfriend. I don't like her. I don't think she's a good fit for you. I'd be like, mom, you need to back off. You need to let me live my life and make my own decisions. If you don't like her, that offends me. This is where I go. I mean, this is my mind is that, wow, my mom's, I, I want to love you, mom, but you're really making it hard on me because you're talking about my girlfriend in a way that is offensive to me and it's offensive to her and it's offensive in general because you're not trusting me to make my own decisions. You're not trusting me to choose the people that I want to be with. She's not with you. She's with me. She and I get along wonderfully. And if you and her don't get along, well, that's a different story. You might have to talk about it. But just to not like her for no particular reason, who knows? But where I like to go with that is to be very clear on what's important to me and to be in alignment with what's important to me, to be very clear in a way that it's almost unwavering or unshakable. And what I mean by that is that when you know what's true for you, what's important for you, and you choose to be in alignment with what's true for you and what's important to you, when somebody comes along and tries to shake that solid foundation, you let them know, hey, what you're doing is not cool. It's not cool because this is what I've chosen. And I am sure in what I choose in my life. I have faith in what I choose in my life. I am solid in what I choose in my life. I don't regret my choices. And these are my choices. These aren't your choices. These are my choices. I've made them. So I don't want you questioning my choices because these are my choices. I'm not saying you have to be that blunt, but maybe you do. I don't know. But I look at my own life and I think, okay, I, I made the decision to move to Georgia, made the decision to move in with my girlfriend. I made the decision to drive the vehicle I'm driving. I've made all these decisions. I've made the decision to uh, have the friends I have and make decisions all the time. And what's great about that is that you have the ability to make decisions and stick with them and be, I don't know, proud of your decisions. Be firm in your decisions. That's what I say at the end of every episode, where you own what you have decided. You own your choices in life. So when someone comes along and tries to shake those choices up 
and say, well, you're wrong or you're bad or you're stupid for making those choices. You bring it back to that ownership and say, no, I made this choice and I'm proud of my choice. And you know what? That choice could backfire in a year or 10 years or 100 years. But right now, I'm pretty damn proud of this choice. So you need to back off and give me my space because you're treading on thin ice here. I don't want to hear that from you. I don't need to hear that from you. You got a chance to live your entire life. Give me my chance. Now I'm really pushing it. (laughs) But this gives you an idea of where I am inside my head. Uh, When somebody comes along and says, I'm going to question all your choices and you're doing this wrong and you're doing that wrong. I'm going to look at my own life and go, no, I made these choices and I'm proud of my choices. And yeah, I could have made a few wrong choices, but I'm still proud of those choices too because I learned a lot and I made better choices after that. So you need to back off. That's where I go. (laughs) So I hope this helps you, Joe. Uh, You say you're very happy with your life now and you feel like the relationship with them is always pulling you back into dark places. That is so important. Do you ever want to be in a dark place, Joe? I don't think anyone wants to ever be in a dark place. I'll make that generalization. (laughs) So what you need to do is tell them what's acceptable, what's not. And if you feel pulled into that dark place, you can even tell them, I'm going to tell you what you're doing is pulling me into a dark place or making me upset or making me angry. I'm going to tell you that you're doing it. And if they say, oh, I'm so sorry, and then they back off, okay, you know, you can work with that. But if they keep pushing you and they know that they're pushing your buttons, I mean, you don't know what they know necessarily, but if you feel it, if you can tell, oh, they're pushing my buttons, and they also know that I'm going to tell them that they're pushing me into a dark place, it's almost like they're pushing boundaries. You know, like how a kid does that. They um, go into the kitchen where the cookie jar is, And you said, no, don't go near the cookie jar. So they get out of the kitchen. But later on, they go into the kitchen. They're a little closer to the cookie jar. But they know they're not supposed to be near the cookie jar. But they see you looking over at them and they realize, "Eh, I better not. And then next time they go into the kitchen, they're right next to the cookie jar. They're pushing boundaries. They're trying to figure out at what point you're going to be upset, at what point you're going to yell. They reach for the cookie jar and you go, "Uh, uh, uh." (laughs) ah, ah. And uh, they pull back and they think, okay, I got away with it all the way up to the reach. So what I need to do next is, and then they plan something. That's that's what people do. I mean, people, even when they're adults, we push boundaries in so many ways um, to the point where we finally get the cookie. And if your parents do that, or if anyone you know does that to you, they keep pushing your boundaries, keep pushing your boundaries until they finally get the cookie, which might be you finally giving in or finally getting triggered or finally getting angry or finally getting upset when they get that cookie and you don't give them accountability and give them that proverbial slap on the hand, they get away with it and it becomes enabling and it happens over and over again. So there's a lot going on here, Joe, some things to unpack. I hope what I said helps and um, gives you the ability to choose wisely and make the right choices for you and for them. Because as you've heard probably in other episodes, when you enable someone else's dysfunction or abuse, you're not helping them either. You are keeping them in the cycle that keeps them being harmful. Not only harmful to you, but harmful to them. Because what are they doing? They're pushing you away. And pushing you away will make them unhappy. So how do we break the cycle of dysfunction? Someone has to take the first step. And that first step might be saying, okay, I'm not going to enable this anymore. I'm going to make it known that this behavior is unacceptable. And I might lose the relationship because of that. But if I do, I have to remember that they have a part in this and that their dysfunction, their abusive ways, their harmful behavior will not be tolerated. And when I choose to protect myself and honor myself and keep myself free of this harmful behavior, it's not because I'm being selfish. It's because I'm being self-sustaining. Thanks so much, Joe. Again, I hope this helped. We'll be right back.
I really, really don't know what happened in the last few days, but for the first time in a long time, maybe ever, I wanted to entertain friends at home. <laughs> my entire life was never about inviting people over to my house. I mean, I can invite a friend and that's fine, but a group of friends? That's odd for me. And another thing, I also really don't know why my skin looked the way it did after shaving this morning. I mean, I'd never seen it look that, I don't know, healthy, younger. And the third thing, I had a lot of energy after I woke up this morning. I even went to work out. And working out in the morning is just something unusual that I never did before. And now I'm doing it now, and it's really weird. <laughs> I used to hate it, but now I look forward to it. Strange things are happening, and I'm not sure why. The only change I made was that I started taking probiotics. Now, I'm not making any claims here. I just started taking them a couple weeks ago. But I do find it odd that soon after I started taking them, I'm calling up a bunch of friends to come over and enjoy snacks, drinks, and discussion. It's just not like me. I'm usually an introvert. Strange. But like anything that changes in my life, I like to pinpoint the reasons for the change. I want to know the why so that I can repeat what's good and stop repeating what's bad. Like I said, I'd never seen my skin like that. At least at this age, I'm 48. Was it the probiotics? Too soon to say. And I'm not a doctor, so all I can tell you is that whatever's happening, I'm going to repeat what I'm currently doing to make sure I keep going in the right direction. I take two probiotic capsules every day. I use the Kaya Biotics Candida Complex Probiotic Supplement because I want to make sure I keep the candida in my body decreased. I haven't been very good at regulating my blood sugar level, so I need help. And probiotics are a way to help, at least with the candida and the overgrowth of bad bacteria. And aside from the candida formula, Kaya Biotics also have a multi-back and body plus formula. You know, I read that um, as soon as you start taking probiotics, a host of beneficial microbes quickly begin to multiply in your digestive tract, and it starts to crowd out the unwanted bacteria in yeast. That's like the ultimate in self-help. <laughs> Kaya Biotics are high-quality probiotics to improve your gut health. They are certified organic, and they include only organic ingredients. They don't contain any unnecessary fillers, additives, or anti-caking agents and all that stuff. Plus, they're hypoallergenic. I've been on these Kaya Biotics for a couple weeks, and I swear something is changing. I just feel better. I want you to feel better, too. I already know probiotics are essential to a healthy gut, let alone the little fact of the gut-brain connection. I read something else recently that fascinated me. It's that the gut sends signals to the brain and the brain sends signals back to the gut. I mean, that wasn't the fascinating part. The fascinating part was that what they said was that if you're experiencing any sort of anxiety, stress, or depression, it can actually be caused by a distressed stomach or intestines. I mean, that's not marketing hype. That's something I read on Harvard Health Publishing for Harvard's medical school. So that's fascinating, and, and probiotics are designed to keep your gut healthy. So it makes me wonder, again, I'm not trying to connect any dots. I'm not a scientist or a doctor, but it does make me wonder, the healthier the gut, what else can we benefit from that? So maybe that's why I'm feeling better. It's interesting. I know that no matter what, I'm going to keep taking my probiotics, and I'll just keep reporting back to you. Probiotics have so many benefits anyway, and I want you to experience them all. Visit kayabiotics.com, that's K-A-Y-A, and the word biotics, B-I-O-T-I-C-S.com, and get $15 off your first order of probiotics by entering the promo code BRAIN during checkout. Get the vegan GMO-free probiotics that give you the best combination of probiotics contributing to your good health. Go to kayabiotics.com and use the promo code BRAIN during checkout to get that $15 off your first order. Get a treat for your gut. Welcome back. Thinking about the last segment and how it probably brings up certain people in your life. I know it did for me, like uh, my dad. Uh, my dad's no longer with us, but he and I had a great relationship all the way up until I was about 20. I don't remember. Um, but then shortly after I turned 21 or 22, he would call me out of the blue and ask for money. He would always want to borrow money. 
and it got to be annoying. And I would say yes often, and he would pay it back, and it would be fine, but it, it just got to be annoying. It got to be, maybe the annoying is not the word. Maybe the word is unsettling. <laughs> it made me feel unsettled when he'd call and ask for money because it felt like the opposite. Like the kid is supposed to call the parent and say, hey, I need to borrow some money. I'm not saying it's not right or good or bad. I'm just saying it happened often and I felt unsettled. I felt just weird about it. So I would say yes. You know, I never really told him that I didn't want to give him any more money, uh, but I kept enabling the behavior that I didn't like. So again, this relates to what we were just talking about. But what happened, though, is I started developing a resentment toward my dad. And that resentment came from my enabling of that behavior. And so back then, I was quite the people pleaser. And I would resent people whose behavior I enabled. Now, talk about taking away your own power. Talking about taking away your ability to feel better about something. Because instead of honoring myself and saying, hey, dad, you know, don't call and ask for money. That's just weird. <laughs> or I, I don't want to give you any more money. Can you figure something else out besides asking your own kid for money all the time? You know, I don't know what I would have said. I, I probably like today, I probably would say, hey, look, I'm uncomfortable when you ask me for money. I don't want our relationship to be about money. Every time you call, I think you're going to ask for money. So everything you say before you ask for money feels like fluff feels like filler, feels like you're just working up to the big ask. And it makes me uncomfortable. I don't like it. So could you please not ask for money anymore? So I never said that. However, I will tell you what I said soon because our relationship changed during that time. But going back in time, if that were, if I knew then what I know now, then I would certainly respond that way because I wouldn't want to continue enabling that behavior. And it's really good to know the type of behavior that you enable, that you end up resenting the person because you enabled it. Yes, I know. We want to say, yes, but their behavior is bad. Yes, I get it. Someone's behavior could be bad, could be harmful, could be hurtful, could be abusive. And we can resent them for that. But are we truly resenting their behavior or are we building resentment because we are choosing not to honor ourselves around these people? Are you choosing to ignore, to allow, to let slide, to sweep under the rug, to deny? Are you doing any of these things with someone in your life and then getting mad at them for continuing the behavior? And, you know, I'll, I hear in my head because I've said it myself in the past, yeah, but Paul, no matter what I say or do, they continue doing the behavior. I get that. And they probably will continue doing that behavior until there's a level of accountability. I don't want to drill that into you over and over again, but let me just drill that into you now. <laughs> because accountability is the key to stopping bad behavior. Yeah, but if I show them accountability, I don't have too many options at my disposal. I don't have the money to get away from the relationship. I don't have friends to go live with. I don't have this. I don't have that. And if I made a choice to get out of the relationship and I have nowhere to go, I'll go hungry. I have, Or people will look down on me or I'll lose my job or I'll lose status or I'll lose whatever. And there are choices that are hard to make. There's still choices, but we don't want to make these choices because we feel like being in another situation is worse. And I'm not saying that you should do this. I'm not saying that there's always a better path when you leave a harmful person. I am saying that you need to know what you're in alignment with. When it comes to me, I have chosen to be in alignment with what matters most to me, which is my integrity. How do I keep my integrity intact when someone violates or disrespects or dishonors? I let them know that that is not acceptable behavior and if they don't stop that unacceptable behavior, I am going to part ways. And that might mean I end up on the street homeless. That's a huge leap. <laughs> but uh, I have done that. <laughs> I've done that. I have parted ways with a job and ended up back. Well, I wasn't on the street, but I ended up homeless and jobless, no money, and at the soup kitchen because I chose to make my integrity, my sense of self, 
uh, the most important thing. And when that gets violated, then I feel something being taken away from me. I feel it being chipped away. And I don't like having feelings that I don't like. <laughs> so I make decisions that are in my best interest. And I tell you what, it has always worked in my favor. Even when I've gone through uh, hell and back, it has always worked in my favor because I get to keep what's closest and most personal to me. I get to keep that. And that's so important to me. I'm not saying it should be important to you. This is my choice. The decisions that I've made in life have been difficult, but I base these decisions on the premise of keeping my integrity, of keeping who I am intact. That is most important to me. As soon as someone comes along and chips away at who I am and I feel it and it feels toxic and it feels harmful, I have to take a stand. I have to say something. I have to stop it or at least present the person with accountability so that they can make the choice to stop their behavior or not. And of course, you talk about it. You say, hey, look, you know, what you're doing is harming me or it hurts me or it feels disrespectful or feels like you don't love me. What you're doing makes me feel this way. You know, can we talk about this? Can we get through this? Can we change something here? And hopefully you are around people that say, oh, my God, of course, you know, I don't mean to hurt you. I don't want to hurt you at all. Let's talk about this. Let's see if we can communicate in a better way. Let's do something differently. I think that's the healthiest response you can get because I have the ability, you have the ability, we all have the ability to do harmful things to others. And sometimes, often, we don't mean to. And when we don't mean to, we hope that the other person at least expresses to us, hey, look, what you're doing is, is hurtful to me. And then we can feel bad and go, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Uh, let's work through this. Let's talk about this. And then maybe you can get into a better space. With my dad, like I said, in my early 20s, he would ask for money a lot. And one day I answered the phone and he asked for money at the end of the conversation, which I knew was coming because it was always the buildup. And I said, um, no, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to lend, lend you money, dad. And he said, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, no, no problem. No problem. Everything's cool. Everything's fine. And after he hung up, I never heard back from him for 10 years. In fact, I never heard back from him because he never called again. I heard about him 10 years later when I found out he was in the hospital. And it was a good thing, I mean, not being in the hospital, but it was a good thing because for 10 years, I had wondered what I should do about this relationship with my dad. I love my dad. I'm not putting him down. I'm not, if anyone knows my dad who's listening, I'm not putting him down for this. This is all on me. I look at this as me continuing to enable behavior until I didn't, but also not following it up and saying, hey, dad, I still want a relationship with you. I never did that. This was on me. I take responsibility for this. I just said, no, I don't want to lend you any money anymore. And that probably made him uncomfortable or maybe he didn't, I don't know, maybe he didn't have a reason to call me anymore. Either way, I never found out because I never stood up and said, hey, dad, you know, you never call me anymore. Did you only call me for the money? I never asked him the hard questions. And I have a feeling that we would have rekindled the relationship in some way and it would have been better because I would have shown him that I have boundaries and he was crossing them. But I didn't, so I take responsibility for that. But 10 years later, I get the call, and he's in the hospital, and I realize, okay, you know, it's been 10 years. I've been thinking about it. I've been mulling it over. I don't know what to say to him. I don't know what to do, uh, so I'm going to go visit him in the hospital. And I did, and this is when I already started the personal growth trail, and I was really learning a lot about myself. I was really healing a lot from my past, so I knew that I was visiting him from a new place inside of me that place that doesn't get easily chipped away, that place that I really protect and honor now. And when I saw him, he didn't mention anything about money, which is great. <laughs> uh, of course, he was in the hospital bed, so there's other things going on in his life. But I was fully prepared to tackle that if it did happen because it has happened with other family members during that 10-year span, and I have been able to address it easily. And if you've not heard me talk about this, I had another family member ask for money and I said, you know what, I love you and I don't want our relationship to be based on you borrowing money from me. I don't want to lend you money and I hope you're okay with that because I love you and I want what we have, just not to be based on that. 
And um, this person didn't like the answer, but I established a precedent. And from that point on, that conversation never turned to money anymore. It doesn't mean I would never lend anyone money. It just means that when there are people that tend to ask for money a lot, I like to put a stop to it. So that's why when this came up with another family member, I put a stop to it. I didn't want to be in that kind of relationship. So when I saw my dad in the hospital, the issue of money never came up, which was great, but I was prepared for it. I always say, honor yourself with love for them. And I think that's a great way to approach anything that you want to stop. I'm going to honor myself with love for you. Hey, I don't want to make our our relationship about money. I love you and I want to keep what we have and I just don't want to make it about that. So that's what I mean by that. But um, I saw my dad. We got along great. I got to see a side of him that I never saw before, not because it wasn't there, but because who I was in the past didn't see him that way. And I realized, wow, this is who he always was. I didn't realize it until now, though. It was fascinating to me. Um, But I got to um, have a, a good reunion with him, even though he was in, you know, trouble at the hospital. He, he had cancer. So we stayed together for a few days. I stayed with another relative and um, we kept visiting him in the hospital and we parted on good terms. I said I loved him and it was really great to see him again. And then I went home and I remember uh, being at a, a Panera Bread one day and he called out of the blue and we had the greatest conversation. And he said, you know, I can't wait to show you this car I really love. And it was just a a great conversation. And it was also the last conversation that we ever had because shortly after that he died. And something told me that uh, he was going to die. I just felt like that was our last conversation. So I, I made sure that that was the most important conversation I ever had with my dad. And I gave him all the space to be exactly who he needed to be in that moment and really connect with him as uh, a son to a father and I could tell he appreciated it and after I hung up I just knew it I just knew that was going to be our last conversation and it, it was and so it was the most touching conversation I ever had with my father and it also gave me some closure even though it was it was difficult but what was great is that I I finally got to show up as the person that I wanted to be, that, or at least I didn't know I wanted to be, but I wanted to be around my dad always. So if I was this person always around my dad, then the boundaries would have been established firmly and we could have developed a relationship based on those boundaries. And then he could choose to be that person that always wants to borrow money or he could know that, okay, asking Paul for money is not a good idea, so let me find other ways to connect with him or Let's just um, have a different type of relationship. Those choices weren't available because I never approached him with any other choice. I just said no when he asked for money that one time, and then it was done for 10 years. So I missed some time with my dad, but at the same time, I've, I've learned so much, and it, it has helped me really be clear in what is important to me and what I need to do to make sure that I don't miss any more time with important people by establishing the boundaries that I want to have in the relationship. And yes, you could establish boundaries and then somebody may not want to be around you because you have those boundaries. And that's unfortunate, but at least you are preserving and self-sustaining who you are deep down inside. It may hurt, and it may hurt them too, but if they can't follow the rules of being unharmful or not harming you, then there may be some sacrifice and compromise in the relationship thanks for joining me today i appreciate you we'll be right back i'll say some thank yous and my final words after this Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to thank Kaya Biotics. Visit kayabiotics.com, that's K-A-Y-A biotics.com, and use the promo code BRAIN during checkout to get $15 off your first order. It's a great treat for your gut. I also want to thank Dustin Ratliff for his review of The Overwhelmed Brain book in Amazon. He said it was average. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't happy that it wasn't about critical thinking or being overwhelmed. You know, 
The book is called um, The Overwhelmed Brain, Personal Growth for Critical Thinkers. And I had a little debate with my uh, publishing team that said, we're going to keep that as the title of the book. And I thought, I don't know if that's a good title because if you don't know the podcast, it's going to sound like a different book. It's going to sound like something else for somebody else. And uh, they said, no, we want the title and we want the subtitle too. And I thought, okay, they must know what they're doing. And so I've had a couple of reviews that said, this isn't about critical thinking. And they said, uh, where does it talk about how to get out of overwhelm? Well, the whole point of the Overwhelmed Brain book is that it's laid out so that if you follow it and actually do what it says to do, you won't be in overwhelm. You'll never get to overwhelm. And if you do what it says to do, you'll also get out of overwhelm. And the critical thinking part is for those people who question things in their life, who think critically about all kinds of stuff and aren't just the kind of people that maybe have their heads in the clouds and um, believes that everything goes away by thinking positively. So if you ever pick up the book, The Overwhelmed Brain, Personal Growth for Critical Thinkers, know that it is very much along the lines about what we talk about on this show, about how to honor yourself, get into alignment with your values, uh, build your self-esteem, build your self-worth, and um, value yourself so that, just like we talked about today, you don't keep toxic people in your life or you don't allow toxic behavior into your life. It's not necessarily about, hey, I have... 28,000 things on my desk, how do I get out of this overwhelm? It gets you into the space of, hey, I have these 28,000 things on my desk. I need to honor myself and go to someone and tell them I need help to get this done. Otherwise, it won't get done. You know, that's one example. So it empowers you so that you can make decisions that work, that keep you out of overwhelm, that keep you out of toxic relationships, that keep you continuing to improve yourself and and work on your self-worth and self-esteem. So it's to that reviewer that... um got my book and was felt like he was misled i apologize i did want to change the title i did want to change the the cover and such but i didn't win so (laughs) hopefully you read the back before you buy it and understand that you're still getting the path to personal empowerment it just may not be exactly what you interpret it to be by looking at just the cover you know judge a book by its cover (laughs) but thank you for writing that review i appreciate it. it was actually well written And if you haven't heard yet, I am taking survey responses for the SAFE Empowerment Program. It stands for Social Anxiety, Freedom, and Ease, where it's a program that is designed to act like sort of an audio pill, where if you're experiencing social anxiety or you know that you'll experience social anxiety, that you stick your earbuds in and you listen to some gold nuggets on how to get through it, how to get out of it, Uh, And I especially am looking forward to releasing it um, for those that are in the moment and tell the person they're with that they need to slip up. They need to go to the bathroom for a second and listen to that, what I like to call that one or two minute audio pill. It's almost like a pill that cures a headache, but this is an audio pill that helps you diminish or even dissolve the anxiety that you might be experiencing in the moment. So right now it's in the pre-order stage. You get 30% off if you're interested in that. But if you go to theoverwhelmedbrain.com forward slash safe, S-A-F-E, you'll be able to take the survey and also have an opportunity to pre-purchase it before it's released in December uh, for 30% off. And if you're not interested in purchasing it, please take the survey anyway because this helps create what will ultimately be the final product that helps, who knows, thousands, tens of thousands, millions of people. Theoverwhelmedbrain.com forward slash safe. And of course, I always mention the mean workbook. Uh, If you go to loveandabuse.com, if you're in a difficult relationship and you don't know why it's so complex, check out loveandabuse.com. It may be just what you're looking for, like the idea of toxic relationships we were talking about earlier. And finally, I'd like to thank Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in The Overwhelmed Brain. And to close the show, I just want to ask you one question. Hopefully, this question does not apply to you. But if it does, it'll be helpful to understand and acknowledge and even take your power back when it comes to someone in your life that bugs you. And this question is, what do you do to enable someone else's bad behavior? And before you say nothing, I do nothing to enable their behavior, they do it all, let me just say this. Even though what you say might be true, 
It doesn't help you gain your power back by letting them have it all. It doesn't help you to allow people to be in control of your emotional state. And what I mean by that is if you look at someone else and say it's all their fault for the way I feel, then you have no power. You give it all to them. How do you get it back? You ask yourself, what do I do to enable their bad behavior? Because if you can find something that you do that continues to allow their behavior, you suddenly have a little bit more of your power. And by power, I just mean you have more choices. You have more options. You can actually think of maybe there's something else you can do to not allow that behavior in your life. And when you have a little bit of power, you feel like maybe there's a chance to make things better for you. And if things are better for you, you feel better. So I like that question. What am I doing to enable this? This is sort of like uh, the article I wrote, How to Turn Anger Around. I actually had a podcast episode on that too a while back. Um, I think this year, 2018. One way to turn anger and upset around is by looking at someone else that makes you angry and asking yourself, if I had to be angry at myself for my behavior in this situation, I'd be angry because, and then you fill in the blank. I call it an emotion inversion process. I don't know if that name will stick, but that's what I call it for now, is where you look at someone who makes you angry, and then you say to yourself, if I had to be angry at myself for something I'm doing, what would I be angry about? And then you try to find what you'd be angry about or whatever emotion you're experiencing. If that person makes you sad, if I had to be sad at myself, it kind of doesn't work, but <laughs> if I had to be sad, or you can use the word upset. If that person makes me upset, then if I had to be upset at myself for my behavior in this situation, I'd be upset because fill in the blank. I think it's a great way to start taking your power back, even though there's a part of you that may not believe it. I mean, there are people that are just bad, <laughs> they're toxic, and we don't want them to do that behavior anymore. But um, if we point the finger and say it's all them and until they change, I won't be happy, then you probably will never be happy because people just don't change. I mean, they do, but unless you see them going through any type of personal growth or therapy or coaching or whatever, they're probably never going to change. So this is why it's important to at least say, okay, how can I take some responsibility here in what is happening in my life? How can I take some responsibility? And I think a good way to do it is to take some responsibility for the way you feel so that you can have some of your power back. And when you have some of your power back, you can feel like you have a choice again, like you can make a change. I'm not saying it's easy. And I'm not saying, you know, because I'm, I'm hearing the, the thousands of virtual voices in my head right now saying that it's impossible. I have no choice. I'm hearing that. But even if you know you have no choice, at least get some of your power back. And you do that by taking some responsibility for what's happening. Because even if you believe you have no choice, you're still there. You're still in the formula of the dysfunction or the toxicity or the abuse or the harmfulness, even the minor annoyances, there you're still you still have a role to play in that. And accepting that role at least doesn't give the other person so much darn control over you. It may still be that way, but at least it's not as much as it used to be. And sometimes their control can be diminished to almost nothing when you take full responsibility and start making choices, stop the enabling and maybe even stop being around uh, other toxic people. Again, not always easy, but you got to start somewhere. And if you're having trouble starting, just keep your mind open. This will help you step into your power and be firm in your decisions and actions so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you, you are Amazing.